We've been talking about between the ditches. We've been doing a series just about keeping your life between the ditches on the road and scripture and um, how the word of God teaches us how to stay on the straight and narrow, how to stay on the road, not to live our life in the ditch because so many times we can be in the ditch and not know it. And what a rough path it is in the ditches. And life wasn't intended for us to to live there. Um, God has a way for us. God has a plan for us. In the last two or three weeks, we've been looking about how, how to hear the Lord, how to hear his timing, how to let him lead us, um, how to slow down. If you guys remember from last week, it was about slowing down and resting and knowing that God is God. Well, this week I had a message prepared uh, to continue on that series, and we'll, we'll do it next time, but it just wouldn't click for me, and that doesn't happen very often. Uh, I'm a very regimented, basically OCD, like spreadsheets, and like to stay to a schedule, and I really struggle if I'm taken off that schedule. And those that are close to me know it. I'm not pleasant um, when you mess up my schedule. Uh, it, it's, it's literally a fault. You can say, well, God made me that way. Well, I, God did make me that way, but he, did, he didn't make me to act ugly um, when things didn't go right. Uh, I learned that myself. Uh, but the Lord was just kind of turning my heart a little bit, and I'm like, okay, God, I can't get this. What are you saying? So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to read the Christmas story. And I never do this on Christmas, on Christmas Sunday. We always do this on Christmas Eve, which we still will. Justin, Justin will still read it. And by the way, we have a Christmas Eve service tomorrow night at 8 p.m. It's one of our most awesome services. Very chill, very short. It's a good way to eat and maybe open some presents, then come in and take maybe a final end of the year communion. Um, just have, do some Christmas songs. Um, candlelight. We, we like candles. It's just a lot of fun. I just want to encourage you, come tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Uh, if you can make that work. Please bring your family. Uh, it's always an awesome thing to see all these families from out of town that come with families. It's just an incredible, um, intimate, fun service. Uh, so I want to encourage you tomorrow night at 8. But I, well, let's read the Christmas story. If you've got your Bibles, if you've got your apps that you can open up, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. So I'm like, God, what are you saying? Or do you have something to say through the Christmas story about being between the ditches, staying between the ditches? And something I have found that with the Lord, that no matter what he's saying, it will relate to where I am right now. No matter how obscure, no matter what weird scripture I'm reading, chronicles or whatever, God will speak to me about what I'm going through today. It's an amazing thing. The living word of God um, is able to speak to me no matter where I am. So try, try, to catch, try to catch this. I'm hoping I'm going to give you something new. Maybe this has been preached. I've not heard it. I feel like the Lord's given me something very specific for this morning. That's just kind of chill, just kind of fun. Uh, but but I, think, I think it's right in line with where the Lord's been leading us. Uh, Liz, will you flip the pages for me? Uh, in those days, Caesar Augustus, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, in Galilee to Judea. So catch this, he's in Nazareth. So he went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. So he's gone from Nazareth to Bethlehem. 
the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. I can't hardly leave out swaddling clothes. It's a version I'm reading. I'm reading the NIV. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Verse 15, When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who had heard, all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But, measured, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. When the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, and the name the angel had given him before he was conceived." So, in a nutshell, that is the Christmas story. There's a lot that happened before. There's a lot that happens after that is very dramatic and a lot of stuff going on here. But let me just, let's just try to summarize very quickly. And I just want to give you a word of encouragement. It's my intent to be quick this morning. It's Christmas morning, and I know people are preparing for family to come in, and, and I want to respect that. At the same time, I feel like the Lord has just given me this little nugget for you today and, and for me. So what just happened? Mary, pregnant, virgin, visited by an angel, and was told what was going to happen. This was all prior to Luke chapter 2. And there we have Joseph, fiance, with a girlfriend who shows up pregnant. He plans to gently and gracefully exit the relationship. But an angel comes and talks to him, says, what's happening? Gives him the whole nine yards. So nine months later, I want you to catch what happens around the birth of Jesus. I don't, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe God had a pretty major plan that's going on that affects us today, and that's what I want you to catch today. What happened? The ruler called a census. He hadn't done it in a long time. This ruler had never done it. But he calls a census at this time of year, which required Mary and Joseph to leave where they were living and working and go home. So one thing I want you to catch is, have you, have you ever, has everybody noticed that come Christmas time, people go home? I believe this was orchestrated by God for us to be at home at this time around the birth of Christ. 
This was done by the, the authority saying you have to go home. So here, we're here at the birth of Jesus, she's pregnant. All the drama that's gone along with that. Now they've got to travel. Can you go to the next screen, Liz? So I brought it up on Google Docs. They didn't have, I'm sorry, Google Maps. Google whatever. And just driving, it's 96 miles. Okay, you can see two hours and three minutes. I have no idea what um, their traffic is like, how their roads are. I've been to Africa. I've not been there. I would assume they have pretty good roads. But I also believe, now I tried to study this the way that they would have walked, and it looked more like they would have gone the route to the right. Now, where else I studied, it said it was about 70 miles. They did not have motorcycles, nor cars, nor trains, nor planes. They walked. So ladies, if you've ever been pregnant, imagine a 70-mile walk that you have to do. You're at nine months, maybe eight months. I don't know exactly where she was. I don't know exactly how big she was. I don't know how her pregnancy had gone. We don't know that. Good pregnancy, bad pregnancy, pregnancy. But all of a sudden, Joseph's like, hey, we got to go home. So they walk. It estimated takes about three days. Now, just imagine, you've been preparing, you've been getting ready for this baby, and all of a sudden, the leader says, uh, I want you to go home. And do you know why he wanted them to go home? It tells us to make sure they're paying taxes. I mean, who here loves the government? We want to make sure you're paying taxes and no, it doesn't matter whether you're pregnant or not, so you're going to have to walk home. Now, I can tell you, if I were Mary or if I were Joseph, I would have thought that there would have been bells ringing and um, confetti and glitter everywhere I went because we are going to be a part of the Savior being born. Yet the leader says, no, I want you to walk home. Not only, it wouldn't just be like us walking home from here, it'd be walking home through a desert. Can anyone see the challenge that's in front of them? So I want you to know, even with walking with God, even though God is right here, Emmanuel, with us, challenges still come. They still came to Mary. The virgin birth of Jesus brought challenges right away. Do you not think Joseph didn't have challenges with his marriage before he got married? Challenges. Have you got challenges? I want you to know God's with you. God's with you. So 70 miles, they walked. And what's amazing is, so, okay, God, we're going to make this walk. I'll bet it's going to be awesome when we get there. They get there. It's argued to think that they got there at a time of night that was not conducive to get a hotel room. So here they come walking in. I'm telling you, I don't know about y'all, but I can be a little bit idealistic. I'm also a relatively positive person. And I'm thinking, okay, this stinks, but there must be something great where we're going. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever pulled over on the side of the road and you can't get a room? What goes bad for me is when I get the wrong kind of room. That happens. And that doesn't go well with me. Um, Joseph gets there and there's no room. So they wind up in a barn. And don't forget, she's pregnant. No beds in the barn. 
no crib in the barn. She birthed the baby in a barn and had to place the baby in a animal feeder. I'm sorry, it is pretty tense in the delivery room. Anybody ever been in the delivery room? It's tense. In fact, on the birth of our first child, Rita, I felt like I held the whole world together until she was born and saw the relief on my wife's face. And then I lost it. Couldn't control myself crying. I can't tell you why. I think once I saw that she felt decent, I fell apart. And that's in a hospital. Perfect, 72 degrees, people caring for us, caring for the baby, go and whisk the baby away, take care of the baby. Here's Mary, births a child in a barn, has to lay it in a manger. No crib, no bed, in a manger. The Savior of all. So I want to encourage you, as we've been talking about keeping it between the ditches, life happens. How many of you have had a challenge this week? My wife and I, we, have, we had a challenge yesterday. We had a challenge the day before. Challenges happen. But, but I want you to catch this. When, when they were in the, in, the, uh, in the barn with the baby in the manger, everything slowed down. People started coming. Gifts started be, to be brought. Worship began to happen. It was not rush, 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 rush. At this time of this baby being born, everything stopped. For several days, had visitor praising God, giving thanks. You know, here at Christmas time, most of us slow down. Most of us should slow down. You begin to recognize, uh, the older that I get, the more thankful I get, and the more I recognize what the, those that have gone before me have done for me. The more I recognize my days on this earth aren't as long as I thought they would be, and I look at my kids and watching them grow up, and I realize this is going way too fast. And I would just like to see it slow down a little bit. And what's awesome for our family at Christmas morning, our family, it's going to be different this year because I've had one to get married and she's not living with us anymore. So this Christmas looks different. And I'm just seeing how fast this will go if we don't enjoy the moment. But we, most of us slow down. And this is on purpose. God did this for a, on purpose was because he is trying to reach you. He is wanting you to slow down and get with family and, and take a moment to look at your life, to look at what you're going through, to look at the blessings that have come and to look at the challenges that you've overcome. This time of slowing down is a time to take account of your life, to take an account of your life, to look at where you've come and where you're going, to set some goals, to set some moral goal, goals, to set some financial goals, to set some, some vision, to cast some vision of where you want to go. Because I've told you all this quote, this is one of my favorite quotes by Zig Ziglar, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. We put that up, Liz. If you aim at nothing... You'll hit it every time. And something that Elizabeth and I, in the history of our marriage, every time we've set goals, we've hit them. We've set some crazy goals. 
We've set some simple goals. But whenever we set goals and we begin working toward them, we reach them. It's an amazing thing that when you set your mind to something with God, you're going to accomplish it. But if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Caesar Augustus, I think that's who it was, called a decree that caused Joseph to go back to his roots. He went back to where mom and dad were. He went back to where grandma and grandpa were. He went back to where aunts and uncles were. He went back to family. He, they were, he was working in Nazareth, but he went back home. You're going to have family come back in. That's on purpose. God's doing this on purpose. Not because he has a, a sense of humor, which he does. But he's not pulling you all together so that you can have this drama, drama Christmas vacation moment where you explode the cat and burn the house down and No, he's doing this on purpose. You're here today joining family. This is not just a pew to sit in. It's not just a chair to sit in. It's not just a service to sit in. This is the body of Christ that he has done on purpose to bring us together for a purpose, for a plan. God has a plan for you in this family. I think it's so easy to discount what goes on at church. But I want you to know that God, Jesus gave everything. God gave everything for his church. For you. You're sitting here this morning. Don't just warm a chair. Don't just sit through a service. Slow down and connect to the family. Do you know that the whole law, wish I had my Bible with me, the whole law is summed up in one statement. Really in one word. Love. Love. Galatians chapter 5. Um, uh, Liz, can you, I've just messed that up. Can you go to Galatians 5.13? It should be the next one. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Next verse. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. I'm not here to give you a guilt trip. I'm here to try to flip the script of this moment that you're about to have with your family. Love. Love. Love covers a multitude of sin. It doesn't matter if you have a cousin Eddie that's about to show up. Because you do. It doesn't matter if you're the cousin Eddie that's about to show up. My middle name's Edward, by the way, so I can go either way with this one. Love, the whole, church hear me, the whole law is summed up with love. This season is a time for you to love and to slow down to rejoin with family, to join into this body here. It says in Scripture that God puts the lonely in families. You are here on purpose because God is trying to connect you to Him. One of the ways that He connects you to Him is by His body. The whole law, basically God's righteousness, God's way for us is relational. 
not punching your church card weekly, but connecting with your church family, with your neighbors. Your walk with Christ is relation is relational with him and with each other. And if you're missing that with the church and with others, you are missing God. That whole decree that seemed like it's just going to ruin our entire birth of Jesus coming was on purpose to get Joseph and Mary back with family. To be able to slow down, to be able to recognize how important life is. And what God was literally doing was he was sending Jesus to save us. Would you slow down just a bit and receive that word? The birth of Christ led Mary and Joseph home. The birth of Christ led Mary and Joseph home. So as I close, I just want to say to you, Do you really know Jesus? Have you really accepted him into your heart? Have you really accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Really? Are you struggling so hard to love each other? You may even be struggling to love yourself. I can relate. The only way that turns is by you letting the Lord love you. He loves you. We talked this morning about how the the fifth commandment, uh, honoring your father and mother. You may not have had a father that loved you or that you felt like he loved you. I want you to know, Father God loves you. It is his heart's desire for you to know that love. Scripture says nothing can separate you from it. But if you've never accepted that love, if you've never received that love, I want to pray with you this morning. Not another moment needs to go by without you knowing that God loves you. He's for you. He's with you. And you are redeemable. I felt like through Brandon's word this morning that I've got a word for tomorrow night. I didn't have it until he started talking about the glitter and about the worth. And I felt like, I felt like the Lord gave it to me just, just now. And it's brief. I, I never give a long sermon on uh, Christmas Eve. Kids come in on, with their, their jammies on and it's just so sweet. We get home. Go open gifts. But God, but God loves you. You are redeemable. You are restorable. And your situation that seems impossible is possible. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask that this this moment not pass too quickly. As I'm praying for you, I want you just to try to Try to accept what I'm saying. You may be here and you may have come to church your whole life, but you have never really accepted the love of God. You've done this stuff. You've gone to class. You've sang the songs. But it's never been real in your heart. Just right where you sit, I just ask you just to ask the Lord, Lord, I want to feel your love. 
I want to know it. I want to believe it. Fill me with your love. Father God, I just pray at this holiday season that you would just bless us, that the presence of the Lord would come and change us and help fill us up to be able to love our family as they come in. And that, Lord, as we glorify you and as we're filled with you, that we are able to love our neighbor and love our family because that brings you glory. That's what you called us to do. Help us to lay aside our stuff and love. Help us to walk into these situations with a spirit of forgiveness and restoration. I just pray for just the most incredible Christmas season that the Spirit of the Lord would just fill us and change us and bless us. Father God, I just pray for safety as we all travel. Just ask you to just bless all our families. Just, Lord, just meet the needs that we have. And God, we're just going to give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.